when they got their podicures. Did you just say a podicure? Podicures. What is that? Podicure. What are you? That's when you get your manicure for dogs. Yeah, they get their they get their paws done. Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Jean Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Jean and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. Social media, Abby, I know you love it. Twitter has been pretty popular in the news lately. And and what so when you think about social media, uh, what accounts do you like care about? Like if, if I were to say you could keep whatever, you know, or after, you know, you, you just, what matters to you in social media? Are there any of the platforms matter to you? I still, I use them for different reasons. I, I still use Facebook. I think the best thing about Facebook is birthdays and, and it's the way that I remember and know when everyone else's birthdays are. And then on my birthday, I hear from all these people I haven't spoken to in 20 years, wishing me a happy birthday. And there's something so funny about it, but also something so nice about it. And and so that's one reason I use it. But also because all of my relatives are on Facebook for some reason, all my aunts and uncles and my cousins and my cousins who live in Japan and my cousins who live in Australia and my cousins who live in Texas and Chicago. And, um, and so it's a really, I, I see those, those relatives like at best once a year or once every few years. So for me, I get to post pictures of my kids to them and see pictures of their kids. And it's kind of an, a nice way of keeping up, even, even though I know Facebook is, you know, now mostly for older people like me. Um, now that I just did. <laughs> do you reply here, here? Here's the thing. Do you reply to the people like that say happy birthday to you? I do the, I, it depends. Sometimes I write thank you or I'll give it a heart emoji or, um, or reach out to, to somebody if I haven't, if I haven't spoken to them in a while, or I might do the, after, I think this year, cause my birthday was last week. I think I just did a, um, thank you everybody. And, and, and put some pictures of my weekend, my birthday weekend. You're a birthday really person. Nice. Like for me, I, I think it's nice. Like I, I will say now I appreciate when everyone does it, but I rarely ever get back or post anything. I kind of am like, Oh, I take it in as like a nice sentiment. And then I kind of move on, but I appreciate it. But I'm also awkward and uncomfortable when ever getting attention in that way. I mean, so I have when my your kindergarten po- teacher writing, my my nursery school teacher wrote me happy birthday. The camp director wrote me happy birthday. Yes. Ten people that <laughs> the I camp stuff is amazing. wrote me happy birthday. But it's so nice. <laughs> the, the people that have to remind you who they are. <laughs> happy. I was your counselor back then. And I love that because I'm like, you don't have to qualify. I'll figure it out. I recognize the name. I'm I mean, not that far silly, gone. It's silly, but it's so nice. I think it's really great. And I do love birthdays. So I think it's a really nice way. But it's also um, this past week, somebody posted a birthday of somebody who had passed away many years ago, but this was their birthday and they were thinking of them. And then it gave me an opportunity to reach out to them and say, thinking about you today. So I think it's a nice way of being able to post pictures, post memories, talk about people who, you know, whether they're alive or not alive, but kind of like celebrating milestones it's it's weird. So Facebook really has become, for most of us, like that place of 
it's easy to get in touch with people. You can kind of follow what's going on in their lives, but it's, it's, you don't have to get too involved or too in depth because I know for me, I've weeded out all like the negativity. I've weeded out all the people that go on crazy rants. I've weeded out a lot of the politics or things. I'm like, I like people that show interesting things, what they're up to, but it seems like it's become almost like keeping up with friends in a very, like in, in a, in a very peaceful, safe at a distance manner. But I, neither of us seem like we use it as like a personal diary or, or using social media in that sense, which is where a lot of it, I think people might say their personality is wrapped up in who they are online when it comes to the personal stuff. And this is where I think Twitter is, is tough and why some people might not be totally into it is because a lot of times it's very impulsive and it's something that can come back to haunt you. So when people are using some of these, I always said Twitter is the best form of self-sabotage where you're just in a mood, you post something that your friends would find funny, but strangers definitely will not. And then eventually if something comes up and blows up in your face, someone can go through hundreds or thousands of tweets and say, okay, this shows a pattern of this person being bad. And all of a sudden you're being judged based on these impulsive things that you just thought you were having a good time or being funny or being different or just in a mood that day. Well, and do so we want all say, our moods? You know, yeah, I think I think social media can be, of course, um, tricky because nowadays we can search. Um, you know, I'm the CEO of a, of a technology company, right? When we hire people, we take a look at their social media feeds, and it's one way that we get to know people. And and so, like it or not, we if if your account is is public, you're potential employer is able to get a sense for who you are in some way or how you're portraying yourself publicly. And, um, and that can be, you know, you got to be careful. Um, I, I think that like when, when, and so the same goes for any social media platform that your information or your pictures or whatever, however you're portraying yourself is getting out there. That's, that's why when you saw my Instagram with dollar, my dog, you were like, oh my God, th th he's the best because all he posts about is a dog. Again, I realized being as non-controversial on social media is the only route to go. And I remember going back to hiring people when MySpace was a thing and looking at interns who would have po pictures of themselves passed out drunk and they think it was funny. And I said, this is horrible. Like me looking at you in this light and you're willing to put this image about yourself, it will haunt you. And recently, a friend of mine who's working for a huge company, he was hired at this place, and they did a whole background check and went through everything. And he's recently deleted Twitter because he's a funny person who writes tons in media. And they went through and he had this whole audit. And he said it was so eye-opening because things that were written in total jest that had no offense at all, they're like, this got flagged because you used this word. Because you made it, it was even in sarcastic where he was sticking up for someone and they said, we understand what you're saying. And it didn't, you know, he got the job, but he, it showed him that even things that were said completely harmless could be misconstrued as something negative. And because of that, he said, you know, I went through, even for me, I had Twitter because early on, I'd like to just have that. I, I wanted to have it. I didn't want someone else having my name on it. And in a way I'm squatting on my own name. So no one would go out there when I was working at places and just start tweeting as if they were me or someone else. And I realized when I look back through them, there were time capsules at moments that just don't exist in my life. A lot of the things were kind of stupid. 
a lot of the things I forgot what I was watching when I made a comment about it. So I just go through and started deleting everything because I realized it, it wasn't beneficial for me to have this out there. And not that it was offensive or horrible. It just wasn't interesting. It wasn't who I was, you know, right. me commenting it, on like watching ice road truckers or something. It's, it just I seemed think, kind of stupid. I think these platforms can become a representation of who you are. I think for some people, Twitter is a great platform. For some people, Instagram is a great platform. Obviously, today for everyone, TikTok's a great platform. Because for me, I, you know, will use. I'll, I'll have accounts on all of them, but a lot of them I don't really follow through, or you know, just also to log in because some of them you have to log in to be able to see stuff. So I'm like, you know what? From a media perspective, I realized as media got more and more fractured and then put into social media, it, that's where you get people. That's how you. It, that's how you learn about things now. You know, a lot of the media outlets I used to go to don't exist anymore. But when I realized how much I used, especially during the pandemic, when Reddit was something that I used to use, and then I realized it became this kind of good, you know, digest of everything that I was interested in. Because the stuff that I curated is very informational. It's very interesting. It's, I find it funny. But if I were to dive deep into the Reddit world, there's a lot of dark places there and I don't know those places because I really steer clear of it. So in a way you create your own universe in these areas and that's where you get some of your information. That's where you might contribute. A lot of times uh, I'll look at things like personal finance where people are talking about issues after someone dies or a parent's sick or they're not sure what to do and, you know, try to send them checklists or try to help out like on a personal level. I rarely do it publicly because again, I'm, yeah. I, raised in media and going to journalism school and being so serious, I know the consequences of having a bad message out there. Like well, I was do you taught, think people, that, do you think people should be going back through? Is that something that we need to add to our to do lists for every year? You go back through your social media posts and make sure that there's nothing on there that you want to delete or that you're embarrassed about or pictures that you may have posted that you don't want. Because I find that when I when I um, when I've had friends who have either, let's say, I'm can I haven't spoken to a, what, what, this one particular friend in a few years. It was a it was a former business contact of mine, and she used to have all of these pictures of her and her husband and their dog. And over the past year, the only pictures I see are of her and her dog. And I'm like, what happened? What happened to him? And so I feel like she clearly, and then I can't even find pictures of him in her. So clearly she went in, deleted him out of her entire social media existence. And I guess it begs the question of, is that what we're supposed to do? Or if you want to, should you do that? It's, it's the old, you know, you'd rip someone out of a picture. Now you just digitally remove them. It's true. You go through and you curate based on what you want out there. And some people leave it completely alone. I find the memories, whenever I, when I'll go into Facebook and I'll have memories, they're almost always depressing because they're something that usually doesn't exist in my life anymore. Like, you know, maybe some people find it cute seeing their puppy at a certain point, but then you're like, well, if that puppy's not around anymore yeah. or anything, it's a reminder of like, thanks Facebook for reminding me. There was a whole thing where Facebook actually had a problem with their algorithm where they were reminding people of horrible moments in their life. And it would surface these things about people that had died and things. So you'd start your day, you'd go onto Facebook and immediately you'd see this picture of someone who had died. And it's really upsetting. I will say I like, I do like LinkedIn, uh, obviously for the, for business reasons. I think it's, a I, really, I like it. Yeah. 
at times I've noticed though, it's gotten, again, the polarization has crept in at times where people were posting about things and it made me think this isn't a workplace conversation to have when people were posting about politics or things like that. It, again, it self-sabotages by it shows your hand and who you might be when you don't need to. Like people have gotten fired from great careers over tweeting something so stupid that had nothing to do with their lives. So I think the curating and to realize that when you say social media, you have to think media because if the New York Times or the Post or anyone publishes something, there's consequences if it's wrong. That someone will get fired. Someone, you will have to print retractions. You might get sued and you could lose everything. But with this, people think, eh, it's not my primary job. I could say or do whatever I want, but they suffer those same consequences because the job you have could be jeopardized. You're in finance. You tweet something horrible or you go off on rants. Now, all of a sudden, you lost your finance job for what? Because you wanted to be a media star? People have to be careful. And then yeah. there is what we were just talking about. I think it's really important because after, if, if you if you are um, a family member of someone who has passed away, you need mm-hmm. to let the social media organization know that the person has died because otherwise they're, they don't know to close down the account. They don't know mm-hmm. if you are, you know, and, and what you want done with the account. You can choose to, in That's some cases, thing. like Facebook allows you to delete the account. Facebook mm-hmm. allows you to memorialize the account, depending on, on what you want done and what you've done in terms of uh, naming. Uh, I think you can choose a legacy contact. Yes, you could do a legacy contact. And you can, I mean, name, I know a lot of people might not name a legacy contact. So you go in there and you write down, we've talked about digital estate planning before. And we said, you know, if someone had access, like, what would you want done? Some people say, I don't care. Just let it go, you know, or I don't want someone else taking it over and like posting. Cause again, there's people out there that do have followings and they have, they've built businesses around it. So they might not want it being altered in that sense. And they might just want it memorialized and say, once it's memorialized, it's pretty much locked down and someone can manage the, the certain posts. They could pin something to the top. They can't accept friend requests. They can't see messages. So there's kind of rules around that. And Twitter yeah. has something similar. And, you know, you could do it for Google with inactive account manager, which connects it to your YouTube. You could do it for, I'm sure, TikTok will have something. Snapchat has something. I definitely, so, I definitely do not want my account deleted. I yeah. don't think I have that. I don't think I have anything. I, I don't want to. I, yeah. I don't Uh-oh. Want to have, I don't want to but um, I don't think I have anything super embarrassing. So I have nothing to hide. Yeah. And I would want, I think that my, my Instagram account, my Facebook account are mm. really good um, places for my kids to look or, you know, future generations to look, to get a sense for the kinds of things I was interested in, the kinds of things I posted, the kinds of pictures I did, because really yeah. it's really just a place that I'm posting updates on my family or, or major things that I, major milestones. That's kind that of- is why, why I created an Instagram because people make fun of people that have Instagram accounts for their dogs or pets or their babies or something. And the only reason I created it, it had nothing to do with anyone else. It was that I had thousands of photos on my phone of my dogs. And I wanted a place where I'd pick the best ones, the ones that had memories, the ones I could put little comments about. And I just wanted it there so I could go to it and relive these memories without having to keep all the photos on my phone. So I could have some kind of semblance of like organization. And I realized they're not like racy photos. They're not personal photos. There was just something I wanted out there that at any moment I'd say, okay, 
if I lost every photo of my dogs, at least I'd know I'd have these really good ones and these moments that I could remember. Oh, when we went to the park, when they went on that trip, when they were like, you know, not feeling well. And we went to the vet when they got their podicures, you know, so in a sense, it was more for me. Did you just say a podicures? Yeah, what is that? What are you? That's when you get well, your manicure for dogs. Like. Yeah, they get their they get their paws done. They get their little. Never, they get the shavings I, down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. You don't ask Ben if Ollie gets podicures. He's gonna be like, I give I give Ollie a podicure. He's never had podicure, but I mean, he gets groomed. Look at my Instagram. You're gonna see Dollar and Pliskin. They get their they get their little podicures. But it was it wasn't so much as like a social thing for me to do. But by doing that though. There's so many friends and people we met knowing why you use the network and how important it is because you saying that you don't want it deleted and you want it out there. It's like, great. Yeah. I think that now what I, what I found is that sometimes if I can't find an important photo in my iPhone, I realize that it's if I, for whatever reason, maybe it's been deleted by accident or something. Um, I go on, I go on either Instagram or Facebook where I posted things and I can find the photo from like 10 years ago. It's, it's like you go on vacation and you're like, oh, cool. Look, you posted these, your, you know, Ben posted these, your parents posted these, a sister or brother posted these, like people can kind of like come together with those photos and you see them. And in a way you realize how they're a moment and they're good. You know where to find them if you need to, but at the same time, they're not cluttering up your phone. They're not cluttering up your house. So it's become an easy way to do that. But knowing if the account's important, because some people might say after I'm gone or at some point, they might just want to delete it. Like I do suggest the same way we talk about curating photos on your phone. I suggest, and it's something that I've done a ton of, pick a, me- a place where you've posted a lot, especially in the past. If you've been using it for 10 years and scroll all the way to the bottom of it, like your first post and just start going up and saying, okay, is this representative of who I am or what I like or who what I still believe? This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week.